Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertilizer, plant feed, and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate, and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society, and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertilizer can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertilizer on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the natural grower products this year and have seen amazing results, and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire natural grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs, and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers, we want this podcast to inspire you to grow food or help you on your already existing food empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. So in this week's episode of the podcast, we speak to Patrick of the Frenchie Gardener on Instagram. How's everything going, Patrick? How's your week going? Good, like very good. Firstly, uh, happy New Year, uh, happy New Year to you, and happy uh, New Year to uh, all the persons that are like uh, hearing us right now. Yeah, happy New Year, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we like to get a little bit of backstory about you and how you got into growing. Um, so just take us back to back to when you started growing. Yeah. So actually, I started like totally randomly, like really randomly, meaning that I never had like a, a farm. I never had like a, like a huge balcony. I will always like grew up in a, in the cities, like uh, in Paris. Um, and actually, gardening or growing food was not a thing at all for me. I even didn't think about it, <laughs> to be fair. Um, and when I moved like for a um, job, uh, I worked at uh, Netflix and Netflix was uh, in uh, Amsterdam. And then in Amsterdam, like uh, I had the was super lucky to have like a small balcony of uh, like a small balcony, like good balcony, like 10, <laughs> 15 square meter, which is actually like a huge balcony. Uh, <clears throat> and, um, and I think, you know, in spring, I was going to a gardening center to just like, um, yeah, you know, get some flowers, you know, like uh, like most people do, uh, <laughs> I think, in the spring, like, yeah, let's have some flower on the balcony. And um, when I arrived at the entrance of this uh, gardening center, there was a huge shelves with pots, uh, soil, and seeds of, like, uh, lettuce, radishes, uh, tomatoes, uh, aubergines. And I was like, wow, never thought about that. And I was like, that would be probably cool to grow, you know, like... Uh, your own radishes, your own lettuce. Um, and I love, you know, as a Frenchman, I love <laughs> a lot of food and wine. And so, um, and so I was like, yeah, okay, let's just give it a try. Um, and I think in the beginning, I was already thinking about myself, but how is it possible that these tiny lettuce seeds will give a huge lettuce? And I was like, this is not possible. And I was looking after at the radish seeds and I was like, but is one radish seeds is growing a bunch of radish or just one radish? And like, just to let you know, like how ignorant I was <laughs> and, uh, and it all started like this on the go. So, yeah. I, I love that, man, because you've had, we, you're the same as us. We've not come from like farming backgrounds and a lot of us guys who are getting into growing that are our age don't seem to be coming from background of growing, like living on farms. It seems to come out of us from another weird Mm. random direction. As you said, it was completely random. Mm. Um, Same with me and it's changed my life. 
as it as it has yours, um, and also the same ignorance of uh, what one seed can do. Um, yeah, of course, it's it's really interesting to. I, I think constantly, I'm always blown away by how things grow and and get the questions that I used to ask five six years ago. It was only a couple of years ago for you, wasn't it, Patrick? Yeah, like two years and a half now, isn't it? Wow. Two years and a half. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how is how much has it taken over? Yeah, like do you mean like in my uh, daily life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, you know, I think for me, like, I I discovered like um, I think I I rebuilt this connection with uh, with nature, which was like super important. Hmm. Um, and also with food uh, in general and so of course it's a big part of my life now like uh, I'm not saying I'm gardening every single day <laughs> especially not now like with the like winter in Berlin um, but um, but yeah it's like a big part of my life like I don't know I found so much purpose on doing something with my hands on uh, looking at ecosystems or at looking at nature um, it's really a matter about creating something uh, and compose with nature. And I think this is beautiful, like, uh, because you, it's not like you're, you type on your iPhone, you know, or you make a post or you want something like right now, you have to be patient. And so you have to learn and you have to learn through failures, which is super important. Um, and I think that for me, it was a, like a great way of meditation, a mm. great way of chilling out, you know, after like a stressful day. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah such a big part of my life and I'm sure it's the same for, for you guys. Massively. I think there's something really sort of poignant in that and, and something that I've just sort of been thinking about recently. Um, I've recently found out I'm going to become a dad and something that I've been looking in, in the books and, and you, you go into this going, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Much like we were when we were first looking at our seed packets. So I'm looking at the books and they talk about something called delayed gratification. So teaching that you, um, you, you sort of see uh, a result both instantly and delayed and getting the same amount of joy from that. And then I started to think about growing and farming and, and those sorts of things. And you get both of those from it. I think it's so powerful that you can prepare a, a, a block to grow in, or you can rake or set up your pots and put the bulbs in and you can stand back and instantly get gratification. You can go, that's what I've done. But then you've got that delayed gratification that it takes time for then that seedling to come up and then even more delayed gratification before you can harvest and, and eat it. I think that's so powerful. Yeah, like I fully agree. And I think this is, um, this is really what uh, we need a bit more, you know, in, uh, in our daily life, you know, because uh, I think we live in a society right now that is so much like on the, the instant moment and I want to get like what I want now and uh, I order this and I want the delivery like... Uh, same day or next day, you know, um, and I think that yeah, gardening is, a, is like is a great way to just like uh, yeah, asking us to be a bit more uh, patient. Uh, and while you are patient, you are also like thankful. Mm -hmm. uh, and when the things finally come, and when you can finally harvest, or when you just see like a little sprouts, I love like to like always like be like ah, oh, so cool, you know, like uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of guy like checking like my seedlings, you know, like. Uh, uh, morning, uh, during the, the midday and after during night. And I, I always wonder how if seedlings like were having highs, like how I would be always, you know, like <laughs> every hour <laughs> looking at them. It definitely teaches you patience. And I like what you said about it is a meditation, isn't it? Mm. Because uh, it's perfect at what you said there, Chris, about the delayed gratification. But for me, it's taught me patience just growing food and as you said the, the lack of patience sometimes to watch the seeds but that's that's the amazing thing is you're, you're waiting it's the anticipation of the growing season mm -hmm. um, and you said you was in Amsterdam and now you're in Berlin so your garden has changed yeah twice yeah yeah um have I mean that must be a lot easier when you're growing in pots to just take it to another garden is that what you found <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I think like um, for me, I had two big revelations is that um, from my 10, 15 square meter balcony, I had to go in a temporary housing in Berlin in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I had a balcony of four square meter, which was like much smaller. Yeah, I found solution to put all of my pots 
and all of my um, uh, grow tables and everything. And I was fascinated. I was like, oh, that's so cool, actually. Like, uh, even like on a super small balcony, like you, you can really like grow so many things. Um, and then after I moved to my uh, uh, other like uh, Berlin balcony now that I have now. So it's like a, a 19 square meter, but uh, I grow on a 10 square meter. And it's amazing on just like 10 square meters, like, like the number of varieties that you can grow. And as you say, the big advantage um, with growing in pots and containers is definitely the flexibility. It's like the flexibility of move, moving things around uh, throughout the, the seasons. And I think this mm. is really super helpful. For instance, most of the time in the beginning, you know, in spring, of course, I put almost everything like in the sun. Mm. But when summer comes, you can move around your pots, you know, so Perfect. the yeah. lettuce like goes more to shade, radishes like half shade, half sun. Um, and this is so, so cool because it's all flexible. Um, mm. And uh, and I think well, this is a big advantage versus like gardening in a, on an allotment or a, on a backyard. I, I agree. It just made me think if you're a new grower as well, if you've made the mistake of planting something in an area that has too much sun and it is a shady a tolerant plant you can move it and you, you've got that flexibility and i think that's amazing especially whoever's listening to this who is a new grower if you grow in pots you can be you can be playful with it yeah and i think it's um it's also a matter of observe, observation it's yeah. like you uh, when you observe your plants um like yeah just try you know like uh, just take a pot you know like uh, and move it uh, uh, at another spot and um, it will have like maybe like much better results so you learn a lot by experimenting and changing and moving things around and i think on my balcony i changed like like the setup like uh, i don't know like four or five times and mm. throughout season it's still changing so 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 yeah it's really cool it's 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 a big advantage like for uh, pots and containers for sure yeah Something I'd love from that as well is that, that you, when you went into that gardening center and saw seed packets and containers, you didn't delay. Like you, there's a lot of people, especially in the UK, I think that wants to grow, but they haven't got a garden or their garden is some a, pave, a patio or some slabs and they're on a waiting list for an allotment and they don't get started. And it's something we talk about a lot on this podcast, but the containers and, and your balcony growing has allowed you to just get started from the minute you were inspired by those seed packets, right? Yeah, no, exactly, you know, and I think <clears throat> looking at statistics, to be fair, mm. like if we look at the projection of the um, UN, um, it said that 68% of the population, um, of the world population, will live in urban areas and in cities by uh, 2050. So, of course, we won't all have like a allotment and a backyard and a garden or a community garden. And I think, the, as you said, the balcony is like the easiest place to grow. And if we talk, you know, about like a, a food circuit, uh, I think that your balcony is definitely the shorter one, you know, <laughs> like you don't have like to <laughs> walk a lot, like uh, from the kitchen to your balcony to get fresh food. Um, and I think this is, for me, the easiest way to start growing. Uh, to experiment, uh, to rebuild the connection with nature, rebuild the connection with food. Um, and, uh, and I think, yeah, when you start growing, like you will get like so many benefits. Uh, it's so rewarding. You will learn so much. So, so yeah, that's why I created my account on Instagram to just show that you can grow so many different varieties, have so much fun, even if I don't have, you know, like, you know, like a, a big garden. So, so yeah. That's a big inspiration as well. We started this podcast so people can resonate with each grower and with you, Patrick, is like the fact that you're giving people like no excuse to not grow because you just have your, your balcony and it's, it's, it's perfect. And you see the amount of varieties. Like I was just showing my parents your uh, Instagram because we have, a, we have a garden, but there's a patio with that needs some color, needs some space. And I was showing them your... Um, your patio and it it's inspired them. They were like, oh, we can grow this in pots. And not, I'm mm. the grower, but they get an inspiration from you because you're showing it from <laughs> a different angle. That, that's what I like. It's, um, and it's super colorful. Your Instagram's really, really good. Um, yeah, and I so think much. it is the varieties that you do, like the different colored tomatoes. Uh, you can grow aubergine. Um, and it's there's kind of no, uh, no limitations. I saw you're growing squash on your balcony. 
Um, yeah, really, really cool. Thank you. Like, uh, means a lot to me. <laughs> like every time, like uh, I hear some uh, good words on uh, on my passion. Like, uh, so thank you. And um, and I think you know, yeah, what I'm trying to show also um, is just yes, you cannot grow like huge variety. Uh, like in pots and containers. Otherwise, you need, of course, like huge pots and huge like containers. But I think you can grow already so much that mm -hmm. uh, honestly, like uh, you won't be bored. You know, <laughs> like uh, if you don't, if you just look, you know, at um, like uh, heirloom uh, um, tomatoes. Like there are so many varieties that I can grow in pots. Like uh, and every year I'm trying new varieties. It's the same for aubergine. The same, you know, mm -hmm. like from uh, courgette. It's the same for uh, lettuce. It's the same for radishes. Like. There's so many cool stuff to enjoy um, that honestly, like, yeah, that's why, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, just get some soil, just get some seeds, some pots and just try, you know, and like, uh, and you will see. And I love that you mentioned squash there, Jack, and that you're growing squash. I was away and on holiday this year in the Canary Islands, and there was a, a little apartment next to a holiday complex. And one thing like holiday complex has have in ev every room is those old, you know, like clothes eras that sort of like clothes plastic clothes things that you hang clothes over to dry. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that they must go through a lot. They break easy, right? So they seem to just probably throw them out. And where we were staying, there's like bins on the street. So I guess they got thrown out. And this apartment had rescued about four of them and was growing squash in pots over the clothes dryers, <laughs> the clothes areas. And you just, when you get into that sort of mindset of wanting to grow stuff, but in that smaller space, you get inventive, right? Yeah, yeah, there is so much, like, again, there is so much flexibility. Like, I mean, like, we all have, you know, like a limited floor space, that's for mm. sure. Um, but if you look at the vertical space mm. and, like, you can build so much stuff. Quoi. And, and what I love is that, like, uh, yeah, it's really unleashing your personal creativity to grow more. Because let's be honest, when you start growing, you want to grow more. Okay. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> I think we all have the same problem, right? Like we're always mm -hmm. like at the point like, oh, I don't have enough space, you know? And, uh -huh. and I mean, it even happens to, yeah, probably Jean-Martin Fortier in his farm when he's like, ah, maybe he would like, he would like to grow more, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I think, of course, in a balcony, you have to use like the vertical space um, and you have to be yeah, smart uh, and, uh, and creative. But, uh, but um, what I like also is that you're not forced, you know, to buy things. You can also yeah. reuse so many containers uh, uh, like your example is a great one you know for instance instead of uh, buying a trailies or a dedicated pot like yeah just use what you have at end and honestly it works you know nature will adapt and we love it so mm. <laughs> no really cool is there is there any um is there any negatives to growing in pots that you that you found or mm, yeah like i, I mean since you know like um, this year i made um, through three weeks uh, permaculture design course um, and of course like for me when i came back well firstly i loved like the philosophy the overall mm. philosophy and the holistic philosophy about uh, permaculture so I, I can say that i'm a permi now also uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, and so I'm, i'm trying you know to implement things on my balcony that are closer to permaculture meaning Um, now I've bought like a second hand barrel and I'm making my uh, compost, uh, like my real compost in the second hand barrel. Um, I have another barrel to harvest rainwater. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to implement all these things. The main limitation is for me the um, companion planting uh, mm -hmm. in a way that, yeah, you just have like, you know, when you have a pot of 18 liters, 20 liters, mm. it's way better to only have one plant in yeah. the spots, you know, so that it grow healthy. And, uh, and I think for me, this is the main limitation. It's um, how you can, you know, like build on like these uh, guilds uh, that we learn into uh, permaculture, yeah. like, uh, and this companion planting. Yeah, this is a limiting factor. That's for sure. Uh, you cannot really do that. Um, I would say the other one is probably also like the, yeah, the fact that um, if I want to grow like a, huge huge tomato um mm. yeah like some are not working in pots uh, so that's why my biggest advice for people that want to grow in pots in containers is when you buy your seeds always check uh, on the website if the variety is also um, adapted and suitable to grow in pots versus into a garden and uh, and this indication is key 
Yeah, perfect. Uh, we definitely want to touch more on permaculture. Um, yeah, cool. just, just because, um, yeah, I saw that you, it was quite recent for you to become a permi. And talk, talk about your experience as well um, on the farm. And I love that you've already spoken about harvesting more rainwater. It just opens your eyes to how we can flow with nature more and adapt that even in an urban environment as well. And I think it works amazing in an urban environment and we can design cities around it maybe um but yeah i'd love to hear your experience and, and what why people should either book on a permaculture course or, or definitely start studying more about it sure okay we can talk do, do you have two hours or? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah no, basically like um i think for me like permaculture um what i discovered actually it's like yeah it's not only gardening um, it's like really a philosophy of life. Uh, it's like a, a holistic vision of life, you know, and for me, the, the key word that I learned and that like was blowing my mind was definitely regeneration uh, mm. and the difference between sustainability and regeneration, meaning mm. that sustainability, yeah, it's cool, but in the end, it's limiting our impact. Uh, regeneration is like here to regenerate like ecosystems. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think for me, I also apply this in my life now, uh, mm. meaning what is regenera regenerating my person, myself, you know, like, mm. uh, because I feel on an everyday life, you can invest a lot of energy into a task or into seeing somebody or um, an activity um, that is asking you a lot of energy. But mm. in the end, you're frustrated and you're tired and you didn't have fun. And I think this regeneration is yeah, meet people that regenerates also yourself, you know, like uh, meaning you will give out probably a lot of energy, but you will give back, you, you will get back so much mm -hmm. if you regenerate your soul, you know, and, uh, and for me, this is, this was really like a um, life changing, uh, just about learning and like uh, having a deep dive on regeneration. So, so it was so cool. And after the experience, I, I mean, it's a, uh, it's amazing how you discover patterns in nature like yes, uh, yes. the patterns are amazing you know like uh, when you you talk about like spiral uh, and uh, all the different patterns that you find in human body in nature mm. and mm. that you can also mimic to uh, basically grow uh, food i think it was fascinating um yeah and the interdependency between elements also like uh, how to be mindful about uh, yeah, your chicken coop. Uh, what? How did you connect your chicken coop with like the water and with like maybe your kitchen? Yeah. What is the food ecosystem? And um, and maybe to end because <laughs> like on my uh, before your questions, like another thing that was like really mind blowing for me um, was around like um, the chickens. There there was a chicken, you know, like uh, chickens on the farm, and at some point um, they asked us like, listen, this chicken is at. Uh, the end of his life. Um, so do, what do we do? Like, uh, as a group, like, um, are we willing to basically like, uh, end his life, uh, or, um, we don't do anything. And it was a huge question, you know, like about, mm. wow, I should kill a chicken, etc., etc. And I was like mortified, you know, like I was like, mm. oh, like, uh, I don't want to kill a chicken. Mm. And after we just discussed and, and just thinking about how a chicken is part of the, this whole ecosystem because if mm. you think about it this chicken is giving you like of course like uh, some meat um, it's giving you feathers and the feathers are a great fertilizer for the soil um, there is the blood that also like fertilize the soils there are the bones that also fertilize the soils and on top of that this chicken would have helped you during all his life to um, basically like walk on your land, you know, and walk on your soul to aerate the soil, you know, mm. and, and you're like, wow, that's so beautiful. Like, mm. uh, and, um, and this, yeah, this is like really mind blowing for me. Like it was, um, like super eye opening. It, it adds a magic, doesn't it? To, to life. Yeah. For me, it was the, like I started on a permaculture farm by accident working in Australia and the guy talking us around the farm, it was just how it flowed. Everything had a flow. Why the animals were there, why the stuff was planted the way it was. It wasn't straight lines, it was in patterns. So it's to mimic nature, to mimic us, because we are nature. Mm. Even 
even now in the garden if I'm planting lettuce it will be more in a honeycomb shape rather than straight lines is mm. and I just saw Jeff Lawton's video on patterns it's like three years old but wow that is a deep dive into that's something everyone needs to watch just because it's how like the trees look like our lungs and how mm. um, rivers flow that they create energy as they move um, yeah. and I think I think that's so so beautiful and what you said about the chicken it, it makes it not just a chicken it makes it so <clears throat> beautiful when you go down to the intricate bits yeah. and at, at the minute I have um, mice in my compost heap that's outside and then I've realized that what are the mice doing why are they in there well they're trying to get to the warmth but they're also creating uh, pathways through my compost which is drawing air into the compost which is helping it break down so it's opening your eyes to what is actually happening rather than seeing a problem but there's a solution in that problem but for me it isn't a problem it's they are doing something um, and we all need to start looking like this through and I love that you linked it to your life about regenerating in mm-hmm. life um, so man really well said there Patrick I, I think it's something everyone needs to look at and once you know about it you want to scream about it <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly that's so true because like uh, I think it's such a yeah, life-changing experience that after you you really want to you know to yeah, to apply it in your daily life, you know, and uh, and again, it's not only about gardening, uh, and uh, and I think this is the beauty of it, and maybe to jump on something you said, like, um, yeah, I think there is a huge opportunity to bring permaculture into cities, like way more, uh, and I think the um, harvesting water mm. was definitely like for me, like uh, I was like, why on all these buildings and all these roofs? we are not like harvesting like uh, this water that is free, natural. And why are we flushing toilets with drinkable water? Uh, and and it's all of this question, you know, that also like, um, I think there are huge room of improvement and um, inspiration from permaculture that we can bring into cities, even at small scale, you know, and but we have to start somewhere, I feel. It's so important, isn't it? And, it, and you touched on that, um, the, the the connection with mindfulness and the connection with permaculture being part of you. But earlier you touched on your connection to, to good quality food. Um, and, and I've read through your bio on your website and you're talking about not wanting to poison yourself. And so it's something that's really important for, for you. Um, but I know it can be really tough for people that, that live in sort of heavy city environments. They don't necessarily have those growing spaces. So what do you recommend for people that might... <clears throat> be in those environments and how they can reconnect with their food in the way that you have yeah that's what i think you know f- firstly i think we should um, also acknowledge that we are not all perfect you know mm. meaning that when you live in a city like uh, you are in an environment that is made um, for you to consume okay let's uh, let's be honest like you have like temptation uh, everywhere you know you can have like a um, home delivery of food. You can have now like a grocery delivery. Uh, you have like shops everywhere, etc. So it's hard to resist, you know. And we are not like we are not perfect. Um, I'm just saying that there are ways uh, to act better. And I think that starting growing food on your balcony is already raising your awareness um, about food. And if you have more connection with food, then you will consume food differently. Um, and I think that. Um, when I go in a big grocery store, you know, because yeah, sometime I go, you know, I need to buy like some stuff also, you know, like, like everyone does. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't feel good because for me, it's like a place, um, where I only see like sad souls. Um, like, you know, like you're just like, yeah, like seeing people having a basket, uh, and they're out of their work and they're super stressed and mm. they are on to their next, next task, thinking, thinking about, oh, maybe I have, half an hour of, um, you know, of commuting back to my home. And so they feel their basket like, like products, uh, and they are not looking into food. They are looking at products. Um, and I think that once you have more awareness, you can slowly make s- some small steps and maybe rather than going at the big grocery store, uh, you will go at your local market, um, every week. 
and you will see people that are bringing their uh, glass jars, uh, you know, and giving their glass jars like to the uh, the local farmers, like uh, to avoid plastic consumption. And you will meet the people that are growing our food uh, and that are nourishing us. And just having this connection also is, is amazing. And this is also like uh, for me uh, now a a true enjoyment to uh, go to this local market uh, every week and you just plan things differently. Uh, and uh, and I think like it's just a small adaptation of planning. Um, and there are also a lot of community farms now like uh, popping up like in all big cities. There are also solutions, you know, like to um, to potentially like, um, yeah, get uh, get some fresh food from these farms. Um, so, so yeah, it's just small habits, like, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's tough sometimes. That's for sure. Like, uh, I acknowledge also sometimes I also like, oh yeah, that would be easier if I would order uh, food uh, right now. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Fine. Of course. But yeah, like try to make small change. I love what you said there about the supermarkets and sort of like the unhappy souls. We, um, we get, we grow our veg, we get our meat from a regenerative farm up the road and we have the ability to add on grains and pulses to our veg boxes so that we have that here on site most of the time. So the only reason we go to a supermarket is for, we always joke it's for beer and chocolate. And then, <laughs> then you think, well, they're not things if, if I have to go somewhere and I can't get them locally, are they things I should be having? And yeah, sometimes obviously, but it's made us less frequently buy it and therefore a bit healthier so it's funny that you say that and and that's that's the case it really is um yeah, and it seems and to maybe, be the reason that they put fresh vegetables right at the front um true. I, I, I don't really understand that because they put bread right at the back of supermarkets because they know you need it so you have to go through the whole shop mm. but they know you need vegetables too but they're at the front and it's something disconnects there then, yeah that's like that's actually very true and uh, maybe it's uh, like Actually, you know, like I have a background in marketing. Actually, like that's uh, that's my uh, my job so far. Mm. Um, so I don't know, like exactly, like the reason at re- at, at, at retail shop why they put the vegetable first. <laughs> like maybe to say, oh, it looks nice, it's colorful, and maybe it attracts people to be in a LC mindset. And, yeah. and after, the more they go in the shop, the more it's unhealthy. But yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, something else that I picked up on from your website is that your inspiration of food started, you've lived in cities a lot, but your inspiration of food came from your grandparents. Is that right? Yeah. Like, uh, actually, yeah. Like it was, uh, it was when I was younger, like, um, there was like a country, a little country house outside of Paris. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they educated me with like the, yeah, the local markets, the local butcher and all these, uh, beautiful products. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, since then, like, uh, yeah, I grew my Frenchness uh, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to uh, enjoy like uh, great wines and to um, to enjoy uh, enjoy food, and um, and one key thing like with gardening uh, and um, and growing in pots is that I fully rediscovered like the the taste of uh, vegetables and I thought back about the great lettuce that I had with my grandparents when I was like uh, younger, and um, and I think this is truly also why it will like growing on pots in containers on your balcony can change your life because once you started uh, mm. and once you've harvested your first uh, veggies like you will be like okay that's so good you know and uh, and you're like but why is it like tasting so differently versus like the one that are like in supermarkets and then uh, you discover about hybrid seeds uh, you discover about like yeah of course like the enfin uh, you discover not you don't discover but you know about like all the chemicals uh, all the monocrop uh, also uh, techniques etc and everything is affecting so much uh, vegetables and if you're a kid right now like okay like uh, you're I don't know like six seven years old yeah you don't want to eat like a tomato that uh, basically tastes nothing mm-hmm. um, like even cucumber like First time I harvested my cucumber, I was like, oh, cucumber, has, it, it has a taste. Like, there is a taste. <laughs> and, um, and I think this is the beauty of it also. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's how, like, uh, yeah, taste is, is coming back in your plate uh, rather than just eating products. Uh, and for me, this is, like, really uh, something, like, yeah, that, uh, that I enjoy. But, like, uh, every summer when I have, like, a, I just love you know to hop on the balcony in the morning and even if in the morning i'm like uh, 
taking some tomatoes and having <laughs> a, a quick snack in the garden. And that's so cool and that's so tasty. So, so yeah, I love that. So, so yeah, food is definitely a huge, huge part of my life. <laughs> It's super interesting you say about the taste and when you're a kid you go oh, i don't like that and there's so many children that have come through and, and people of our age as well that go oh i don't like that because of the texture and it makes me think well you don't like the texture because you didn't have the taste like there's there's a disconnect there so you obviously had yes. that vegetable from a supermarket it tasted of nothing but some sort of chlorinated water and so you didn't like the texture but if you really tried it with the full taste that's available it would be a completely different viewpoint i love that yeah, and definitely. And I think also like um, um, what I love also is that like, for instance, you know, like uh, turnips, like um, if you understand my French uh, pronunciation, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, so, turnips, like before, I, yeah, I did not, I did not like to eat turnips, you know, like uh, firstly, because it was not a primary choice, you know, like mm. when you go to a supermarket, like turnips are not like, hey, here are some turnips, mm. you know, no, like there are always the tomatoes and the lettuce like all year long. Um, and, uh, and I did not like turnips and I started to grow them and say, oh, let's give it a try. And again, the taste is so cool. And, uh, <laughs> and after you discover how you can cook them and like you make like some uh, turnips carpaccio and after like your boiling carpaccio and after like uh, in the oven. And I think this is what also so beautiful it's, uh, is that you, you allow yourself to take the time to uh, grow uh, to harvest, to enjoy, and to cook. Uh, and I think this is really, uh, really super life-changing also. That's something that is hopefully changing in the UK because, as Chris said, we used to, as kids, the vegetables were just boiled, cooked terribly. You being a Frenchman as well, I think there's an, you grow up with more markets around. The food, you guys demand higher quality as well, um, which I've always found fascinating. And we spoke to um, Jay and Fortier on the podcast and we were speaking about the market gardens around Paris yeah. and how bring in the vegetables and <clears throat> took the manure out of the city. And we've always found that super interesting. So there's always been higher quality as well. We can grow it here, but I like the French cuisine um, as well that you guys <laughs> demand the organic food. You know, like, uh, like if you say that to a Frenchman, like he will always be happy. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> but, um, but to that point, actually, like uh, it's true, like, uh, and, um, and the book of Jean-Martin Fortier is like really like talking about these jardin maraîcher, uh, mm. jardinier maraîcher, uh, that were like uh, back in the time in Paris. And actually to jump on the UK, because, you know, when I started gardening uh, and when I started my uh, Instagram, uh, actually, I discovered how the huge community like of uh, organic growers in the UK. And I was like, but why are they growing? Like, uh, basically, like everyone is growing there. And I see after, you know, institutions, like awarding, like best gardeners or best initiative. The BBC has even like a dedicated channel for gardening, etc. And I was like, and I was like, wow, but why is that? And actually, I think, so, so tell me if I'm wrong, right? But Actually, I discovered um, yesterday, I was looking a um, documentary about the Second World War. And then at some point, there was super cool shout outs, like to say that at some point in the war, uh, Winston Churchill um, launched a campaign, which was called like Dig for Victory, um, to basically make people grow more food because there were like food shortage. And the more people would grow their own food, the more they could focus, you know, like basically on uh, winning the war. And I was like, oh, okay, so maybe like this dig for victory campaign, like uh, it comes from there, like uh, the, the the tradition of, of growing in the UK, no? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and allotments now are still going. And it's, it's super hard to get an allotment here. Um, I think now they've seen their weight in gold because even since the pandemic as well, people wanted that extra space to grow food um, and more young people are getting in there and then hopefully we're changing dig to victory to no dig to victory as we're all passionate no diggers. Um, but it, it's something that stayed in the UK from a, from back then and, and, it, and it changed mm -hmm. the mindset. But there's been a gap between, I'd say, um, our grandparents having allotments to now younger people having allotments mainly because of convenience of food and um, and probably the la it going to more convenient society. But I feel it's coming back. Mm. Um, the fact that all of us young growers, as you said, there's a lot of UK 
uh, Instagrammers, <clears throat> um, which is so cool. And and again, yeah. we always say on this podcast, we said it to JM and he said it back, making growing cool again. And I think that's super important because you want to attach, um, like we have like Monty Don and Alan Titchmarsh, but they don't resonate with me on my level of, Growing, I want to like look up to someone and, and follow in, let's say, you, every grower we've had on the podcast, they're just young, they're coming with new life. Not saying there's so many cool, like older growers like Charles Dowding, and he's a, I'm a huge fan of his, like, definite yeah, yeah. mentor of mine. Um, but <clears throat> it, it, they're making it cool. And I yeah. think it's that wonderment of growing food. It takes you back to being a kid a little bit. What you said about checking the seeds all the time. There's some kind of magic about it that I feel like I've I've gained from being mm-hmm. a kid, um, and I get way too excited about plants. Talking about plants, it's probably the reason we started a podcast talking about plants. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think you know, like like uh, yeah, what you say is definitely interesting. Like it's like how to make you know uh, gardening cool, you know, and like I don't know. Let's say, let's say you know you're dating tomorrow okay you're in a bar you're dating etc and like um and do you think that right now like somebody would find more sexy like yeah i'm a banker or i'm a trader or if you say like yeah actually i'm an organic grower um like mm. like honestly i think you know like there is also like something that um we can all influence you know by this like uh to uh to just like making it even like a Like more sexy, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and on, because it is sexy. Like if you yeah. if you think about it, you know, like uh, like um, a man, uh, like uh, just like going harvesting his lettuce and like bringing the lettuce to share it with your like with your friends and like this is just so cool. And I think this mm. uh, this becomes um, trendy. But even if I don't really like the word trendy because it's too marketize like it's mm. too marketing for me but um but i think yeah there is definitely something to to work on to to make it even cooler and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and you can combine living in a big city having like a urban lifestyle while basically uh, learning permaculture and uh growing your own food and for me this is like a bright future for us i think uh, yeah I, I totally agree. I, I find it super cool. I've always, I've always have like when I watch documentaries of uh, like the Brooklyn Grange in New York, the big rooftop farm, and I just think there's a coolness about coming together, uh, eating that food, but uh, cooking together as well. There's that element of of that um, having a pizza and all that ingredients has just been picked. Yeah. Um, sitting around the fire talking with friends, having a barbecue, that this sort of thing is, and I feel like we're going into a future where this is needed more now than ever. Yeah. We really need to grow food. We need to be reconnecting with nature. And it, and it's um, not just uh, because it's cool, it's uh, spiritually <clears throat> what we need to be doing. I think so. And, uh, and, and, and I honestly think also that, you know, let's look for instance at uh, McDonald's, okay? Uh, well, of oh, course, there's no like, need to uh, swear. There's no need to swear on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't swear. Actually, I, I I will tell you something like positive that in the beginning like truly annoyed me. You know, like when I was like um, seeing their marketing campaigns and rebranding mm. of their logos, uh, and it was more green. And uh, now like they are like uh, banning plastics, etc. Et yeah. And in the beginning, I was so annoyed. I was like. Uh, I mean, look at them and it's greenwashing and blah, 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 etc., etc. That was my first reaction. Yeah. And after I was talking with my um, uh, like a permaculture teacher and he was saying, yeah, okay, I understand. But look at it differently. In a way, McDonald's, like even if this is not their true wish, uh, they look at consumer insights and we are all the consumer. And if they are doing this, is that they are feeling pressure, like a collective pressure that they need to change otherwise they will lose like mm. uh, their customer base and i think it's a better way to look at it you know in a more positive way to think that yeah we all have a huge power in our hands uh, and this collective pressure can even um, yeah influence you know like such like huge international companies so i think this is the beauty of it and i think this is why when you start to grow food You change your habits and then your habits are also changing the landscape around you. And I think this is really like a, what we should aim for. 
Yeah, each person has that power to, to make change because it has a ripple effect amongst your friends and family. Um, and again, these huge companies are all taking note because um, they're becoming outdated by going in a way that is so negative, so unsustainable. Well, mm. we don't like the word sustainable. We keep yeah. saying it. <laughs> it's not regenerative. Yeah. Um, and even in Australia, I noticed that the McDonald's, all the toilets, water was from the roofs. It was rainwater. Right. And they, they made a note of that. And this was 2014. So I noticed that then. And I was like, oh, they are like little, little things like that make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, because ultimately McDonald's have loads of restaurants so if they're doing that everywhere that's a lot of water saved um, but yeah re respect that's a good way of learning at it it makes your life a bit more positive to yeah. see it in that way it's, it's a really powerful way of reviewing it thank you for that because I, I was the same you see it and you go oh that's greenwash you see the other oh we're recycling all our happy meal toys into kids playgrounds and you go oh that's the worst greenwashing but the result is still the same, right? If all these big companies are creating, even if they are greenwashing, it yeah. still puts the same positive message out. So the result's the same, despite that they're not necessarily come from, coming from a good place. That's a really lovely mindset shift. Mm, yeah, I think because, you know, we should um, also like, uh, like sometimes we should not like, I know, project the image from uh, us, like this growing uh, of like young growers community, about being grumpy all the time, you know, about like saying, oh, and this is greenwashing and this mm -hmm. is na, 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 et cetera. And I think, yeah, like looking at it from a different angle um, can sometimes be actually more uh, beneficial for everyone, you know, but uh, even though I won't consume at McDonald's, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about what you do alongside your balcony growing. You grow indoors too. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what you grow indoors and how you do that? Yeah, so essentially microgreens. Mm -hmm. um, and also like um, some um, sprouting, uh, I have like a glass sprouting jar uh, in which uh, I put alfalfa and also radishy seeds. Um, and I love it. Like it's so easy. Like uh, when you just have like these small jars and in one week, you, like uh, it's full of sprouts uh, that you can mix with like uh, everything and with your food. It's super healthy. So yeah, I do this like... Um, Essentially, like in autumn and winter, where I can, I have more time also for indoor versus uh, outdoor. Um, and uh, and yeah, and microgreens, I think it's it's pretty fascinating how it grows. You know, with like um, like even with a coconut core, uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 simply like uh, easy. And after, like I host many of my plants like uh, over winter in Berlin because there is like huge frost uh, <laughs> periods, uh, and for sure like. Uh, lemon tree or orange tree like don't like at all to be outside uh and um, and this year i'm trying to keep my uh, bell peppers actually to overwinter them uh, indoor uh and it will be the first time I will, i'm doing this to see mm -hmm. like if it uh, really works or not um but as they're perennials like uh, i guess it will work and i will try and i will see but uh, but yeah so i'm trying here yeah, to test um, a little bit like to uh, overwinter uh, indoor some uh, some plants here yeah. It, it makes you realize that you know, like growing microgreens and doing sprouts is there is a full cycle through winter as well you concentrate on something else i do the same i grow microgreens and mushrooms and you just need to realize that there is as i said earlier no excuse to not grow anymore because you don't need even you don't need a balcony you 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 could be in a flat with no balcony at all and you can grow under LED lights, um, yeah. the mushrooms are just having a grow tent and it's completely <clears throat> under my control with no outside elements, just some fresh air. Um, but yeah, I, I do love that now there's all these possibilities to grow and it's <laughs> good to show people that you there's no excuse, you can grow food. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, uh, and uh, like the, the sprouting jars, like, I mean, <laughs> You don't need to be, you know, like to have like gardening knowledge to do this, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's I mean, it, it's so easy um, yeah. that, um, that, yeah, like uh, as you said, and even if you just have a window seal, even if you want to grow like, a, I don't know, like three, four lettuce in a mm. window planter, yeah, if you only have a window, you can do it, you know, and like, uh, and I think it's, uh, it's good, yeah. Perfect. 
Um, we want to talk about something else as well. About uh, We've seen a brilliant video on your YouTube channel about creating compost on a small mm -hmm. balcony um, using the Bakashi yeah. method. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, the Bokashi compost is, uh, I think for me, like the easiest way of composting uh, on a small space uh, because a Bokashi compost is basically a bucket uh, in which you put like all your uh, organic like food scraps. Um, and after some time, like it will create like a compost juice. This mm. compost juice, of course, like you will use it to fertilize uh, your soil with it. Uh, mm -hmm. And this compost juice like comes, I think, every week, every week and a half. Um, so it's just easy. You just open the tap, and after like you mix it with water, and you water like your 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 soil and your plants. Um, and I think the key <clears throat> the key uh, thing to enrich your soil is also to add organic matter into your soil. And once you have like a bokashi, for instance, full, uh, and it's full like since one month and a half or two months, you can then take these organic uh, scraps and put them like inside your soil. Um, and I think um, for me, this is doing a great job, like really a great job, like uh, when you grow in, uh, in pots and containers. And, uh, and um, it's, it's just super easy to use. Like, I mean, uh, like it's, yeah, it's just a really small bucket, does not take place, easy to use. Like, yeah, and, uh, and you reduce your waste, of course, like uh, by using more like the bokashi in your uh, daily life like the food scraps are not going at the trash mm. they are going in your bokashi to enter back the food cycle and nourish your soil again to grow new veggies so yeah i think it's a good method you can be closed loop even on a balcony that's the amazing thing just recycling recycling yeah and it makes it kind of uh it makes it a little bit better knowing that your food scraps go back into your garden um and it's weird, isn't it? Composting is super exciting. I love it. Seeing that breakdown in the fact that that's turning into soil, it's like magic, isn't it? And that's, we need to harness that a lot more. Yeah, that's that's honestly that's truly uh, fascinating. Uh, like uh, when you and like the way also that uh, it's creating like some uh, some heat, you know, like mm. uh, like, uh, like energy. Just, yeah, yeah. I just love that, and uh, that's why like since like my permaculture training, I. Uh, I have like now like this second hand barrel and I'm trying also to make like my uh, traditional compost on top of, uh, of the Bokashi. And so, yeah, it's a new experiment. I will see, um, I will see how it works, but, but yeah, it's, it, it's truly fascinating. It's, uh, there is, uh, I wonder why we are not doing this like since 50 years now. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> why? Yeah. It does. No, it doesn't make sense. Does it really? I mean, it, I think I've said this story before on a podcast, but we, you talking about the energy that it, it creates. Um, we in Costa Rica, we harvested the rainwater on the, on the hill from the buildings. It come down the pipe and the pipe spiraled through a compost heap that we constantly turned. And nice. then that pipe went to the showers. So we had yes. hot showers from, from this, but the energy just from even wood chips being delivered to my farm you open it and you can put your hand in and it's almost so hot you can, can put, can't put your hand in there mm -hmm. and it's incredible the energy they create just from breaking down organic matter it's almost we should be harnessing it in ways to heat certain things and uh yeah wow it that that creates more ideas and you yeah. can go crazy with that yeah, definitely and i think you know if like if you think about like a greenhouse, for instance, mm. why not having a one compost heap, you know, like in your greenhouse so that it mm. also like warms your greenhouse like uh, during um, during winter, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I agree, there are like so many fascinating solutions that we should we should look into. Like and um, and yeah, like yeah. But compost is fascinating and like uh, I would love to learn more actually about like how to make like the greatest compost ever. But I think I, yeah, I would need a garden probably for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to talk about here that's important as well, because some sometimes the only way to get people on board with these, I was going to say new ideas, but they're not new ideas, but these ideas is money, right? And everything that you've both just talked about there is free. So the food scraps and, and the fact that the Bokashi bucket creates natural fertilizer, the juice that comes from it. But if we, we're talking about, say, maybe growing tomatoes in pots, we go to the garden center and buy a bottle of tomato feed. 
but that costs money. There's the free fertilizer coming there. Nettles around your neighborhood or garden creates free fertilizer. Free heat from compost is, is again, another free source. And even thinking about capturing water, well, when you capture water, gravity pulls the water down to your water, but there's, there's motion in the water there that could generate power, electricity. So it's when you start talking about looking at it from that an- angle, it's baffling that we haven't harnessed this more um, in society, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I think the solutions are here. Mm. Um, now there is just like this, um, maybe change of mindset uh, that we can apply like in new urban projects or also like to rework, you know, uh, existing like uh, urban projects. And uh, and I think most of the people are like, yeah, like compost, ah, it stinks and um, it's awful, etc., etc. And actually, no, <laughs> you know, like uh, you, like it does not stink, you know? And so you could put like a compost heat, like uh, like right down my, uh, my flat right now, you know? And, uh, it wouldn't shock anyone and, uh, and, and people would learn from it. But uh, yeah, we just need to work on that. Like, uh, because I think also like in urban areas, like everything is so uh, restricted, you know, sometimes by law and you have regulation, etc. So I think this is the biggest, biggest like fights uh, or battle we need to pick. It's like uh, to try to progressively influence like the collectivities uh to allow these kind of new experiences learn from them and then implement them more like uh, that's what i truly wish <laughs> to be fair love it and you've got a uh, book coming out uh we saw the like you can pre-order it now um like tell us a little bit about the book yeah thanks like um but it's my dream project. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm so, so happy. It's like, um, so my book is, uh, yeah, releasing on, um, the 4th of February. Uh, it will be released in, uh, Germany, Austria, Switzerland first. Um, but I hope soon in other languages. And, uh, yeah, it's all about like what I learned, you know, on the balcony. And so, uh, I'm really giving like, uh, all my tips on, uh, how to grow like, um, efficiently, like, uh, on your balcony like the size of pots, the different type of soil, um, uh, hybrid seeds and heirloom seeds, uh, like, yeah, basically all the process, like 200 pages. So I spent a, wow. a lot of time <laughs> like, <laughs> writing uh, everything I learned. And uh, yeah, no, I'm super, uh, yeah, I'm really blessed and, uh, and thankful, thankful to, um, yeah, to be able to publish uh, this first book and, uh, and there are discussions for other ones. So yeah, I'm Amazing. super happy. Like, uh, yeah, it's super cool. Like uh, spreading green love, uh, like that's my uh, motto. Uh, so yeah, like uh, if I can spread green love, like through uh, new books, like, uh, yeah, that's, that's super cool. So yeah. Yeah, just, just want to mention as well, you've got an ebook out as well that you can get from. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll quite like your, well, your website's amazing, by the way. And your link tree, you've got plenty of things like the link to the permaculture course um, and also some like one-on-one training with yourself. Um, so yeah, amazing. So there's some really good resources, especially anyone listening that has a balcony or just wants to learn more from you. Uh, you've got those resources there and I think that's great. Yeah. But thanks thanks a lot, man. And like, uh, and yeah, you know, like, uh, I'm always asking myself like, um, yeah, what could be the good formula for people to start learning? And, uh, and I think uh, ebook is also like a good alternative because it's, uh, it's uh, less expensive. Uh, it goes more straight to the point. So it's also like for people that don't want to read 200 pages, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and I think that's why I'm trying to yeah, bring this different formula and, uh, and, uh, and propositions. So, um, so, um, so yeah, hoping uh, we will be like more uh, balcony growers uh, like every month. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so people can find that on your website and your Instagram, The Frenchy Gardener. Now, we can't let you go without doing our uh, illustrious quickfire questions. Um, so we're going to kick those off, if you're ready, with your favorite tool. Mm, actually, my bokashi. Like, uh, I don't know if we can like put it in the category of tools. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, like growing on the balcony also, actually, that's an important point. Like, does not require so much expensive tools. Like, you don't have like to get so many expensive tools. Like you just, you know, like a fork, like a big spoon, like can do the job. Like uh, mm-hmm. otherwise it's small tool. But my Bokashi, yeah, like it's for me, like um, my favorite one. Like it's like, a, like uh, as we guys said, you know, like it's so beautiful to 
perpetuate this food cycle uh, and thinking that you, your food scraps will help you to grow new veggies. And, uh, and I feel this is beautiful. So yeah, so yeah, my bokashi composter. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, what's your favorite growing hack or tip? Mm. Okay, favorite one. Okay, a funny one actually. Um, so you know, like I was like um, growing lemon balm um, in a, in a small pot, you know, of like I don't know two three liters, so really small pots. And at some point, I had like one of my uh, grow table um, that I was not growing anything in it. Um, and at some point, I put the pot on the the soil of this growing table and suddenly like after like like a week yeah, a week and a half i saw like the lemon balm like 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 growing crazy and i was like what's <laughs> happening and I, actually you know the roots of like the lemon balm went through the draining holes of the pots to reach the soil of the growing table and so like the lemon balm was super happy because it was like okay i have like more soil and so it was like expanding a lot and I think that uh, that actually, like, I use it sometimes to boost um, in a limited uh, amount of time some of my plants. Actually, so it was truly an accident. Mm. And now, when I, for instance, more basil at a certain time, I will definitely put it like uh, on a growing table. Or the other hack is also you put like a bigger pot behind it, and you just like put your small pot on the big pot, and mm. the plant will grow like uh, a lot. And after, when you will put out the pot, yeah, it will grow less, but you would, you would have harvested a lot. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a cool hack. Yeah, I think also learning and like genius ideas come from accidents as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for really sure. Cool. That's for sure, yeah. <laughs> so in terms of what you grow on your balcony, what's your least favorite crop to actually harvest or pick? Hmm. Um, that's a tough one. Um, usually I harvest like, yeah, I love to harvest everything. <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. Let me think. Um, yeah. I think normally this, this question is for us, like growers, when we're picking it all the time, like throughout the day, um, mm -hmm. you could say your favorite, your favorite to just go in the garden and just pick quickly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Then I would definitely say uh, radishes. I love mm -hmm. like uh, just to pick one and like uh, you eat it and after the foliage go in your compost, uh, in your yeah. bokashi compost. I think it's perfect. It's like a, um, like a super easy snack and it's fresh. Uh, it comes from the soil and uh, and yeah, that's, that's truly, I think my, uh, yeah, I treat them as candies sometimes, you know, <laughs> I'm just. They look like candy. Yeah, exactly. Especially the French breakfast, they're really cool uh, looking. I love them. Like, this is definitely my favorite one. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love that that's the same for, for whatever scale as well. Like, I love harvesting radishes because it's like the most satisfying thing. You can literally just pour them. Yeah. So we're doing a 15-meter bed, and it's still just as satisfying because you're just going, and you come out with all, like, these crates of this gorgeous-looking crop. I adore that. That's true, and uh, and and I think what I what I like is that you you always a bit know what to expect because there is always you know like a, a part of the radish out of the of the soil. Yeah. So you can guess like the size, which is not the case with carrots. When yeah. like in carrots, like sometimes you're like, wow, it's gonna be a huge one, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, yeah, like, True. so probably like my least favorite, like, would be actually carrots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so unpredictable, you know, but, uh, but that's yeah. fun also. So actually. The shape of carrots in the, in the soil can be so funny also, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Love it. Are there any vegetables everyone likes, but you dislike? Mm. And you can say that as a Frenchman, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kohlrabi, I think. <laughs> I don't know why, but kohlrabi, I, um, I'm not like a, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. I don't know why, I'm like, a, I like their shape. I like the visual, like sometimes like it's look like a alien mm. vegetables. Um, but I'm not truly in the taste, I don't know why. Like it's not, uh, like every time I eat it, I'm like, a, let's not say I hate it, but I just don't enjoy, you know? Like, yeah. so, so that's why I'm not growing them actually. <laughs> it's, po it's popular in Germany, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, in, in, in Germany, but uh, yeah, like also like um, in France, like there is also like uh, like uh, a lot of people growing like uh, kohlrabi and uh, yeah, like so. So yeah, that would be like my least favorite. And for you guys? Oh, oh, flipped it back. Celery, <laughs> celery for me. Celery, okay. Yeah, I, I, it, I can have it in a soup or something, but on its own. I, I prefer organic. I think before, I was just like, nah. But I, I kind of like the, I like the taste of the leaves more than the stalk. I think yeah. there's more flavour. Yeah. Mine changed. We did these questions. So the first, the beginning of this podcast was me doing these questions to Jack and Jack doing these questions to me. And mine then was carrots which I knew was controversial at the time, but mine has completely gone away from that. I, I've fallen in love with carrots this year, growing them ourselves, growing purple carrots. I just fell in love with them. So it's, uh, yeah, it's strange how these things come and go, isn't it? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So you'll find a new one uh, soon. Uh, I guess <laughs> I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to, yeah. So the last question then is the all-important one. When you're on your balcony looking at your vegetables, do you prefer a morning coffee or an afternoon beer? Huh. Um, definitely a morning coffee because uh, I love like uh, having my coffee in the morning. And the uh, first thing I do is like um, like um, I drink like some uh, like uh, lemon juice uh, after I make a coffee and I go on the balcony, uh, even if it's like minus ten. Uh, <laughs> and um, and I think. Beer, so I'm not like the great fan of beer, but I'm definitely like a wine lover. Uh, so, so yeah, wine, like, yeah, like I love like to, yeah, just have a glass of wine, like in the, in the evening, like, like Friday, Saturday, and just like, yeah, to enjoy and hop on the balcony and have some fun. And, um, yeah, like, so definitely like, yeah, coffee, uh, coffee and wine, but uh, not in the morning, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> One than the other. <laughs> exactly. That's well, another benefit to growing on your balcony, right? Is that you can have, we speak to so many people that have to drive to their allotment or drive to their farm or so whatever, and they can't have that afternoon beer or afternoon wine. So just another benefit of growing on your balcony. <laughs> yeah, I told you, it's like the shortest food circuit ever. <laughs> just a few steps like from, uh, from like garden to plates. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Patrick, thanks so much for your time today and, and for being on the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, guys. And like, uh, really enjoy like this podcast and uh, really enjoy what you do. Uh, and you. like, uh, and so, yeah, like, so thank you so much for uh, thinking about inviting me. It was a pleasure. Pleasure is all ours. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much to Patrick, the Frenchy Gardener, for his time on this one. And also a huge thank you to our sponsors, Direct Plants Limited and Natural Grower. If you want to help keep this podcast going, get early access to episodes and get unedited videos with our guests, head to patreon.com forward slash Academy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.